Armistice When he was a boy, Morris Lieberman saw a burly Russian peasant seize a wagon wheel that was lying against the side of a blacksmith's shop, swing it around, and hurl it at a fleeing Jewish sexton. The wheel caught the Jew in the back, crushing his spine. In speechless terror, he lay on the ground before his burning house, waiting to die. Thirty years later, Morris, a widower who owned a small grocery and delicatessen store in a Scandinavian neighborhood in Brooklyn, could recall the scene of the pogrom with the twisting fright that he had felt at fifteen. He often experienced the same fear since the Nazis had come to power. The reports of their persecution of the Jews that he had heard over the radio filled him with dread, but he never stopped listening to them. His fourteen-year-old son, Leonard, a thin, studious boy, saw how overwrought his father became and tried to shut off the radio. But the grocer would not allow him to. He listened, and at night did not sleep, because in listening he shared the woes inflicted upon his race. When the war began, Morris placed his hope for the salvation of the Jews in his trust of the French army. He lived close to his radio, listening to the bulletins and praying for a French victory in the conflict which he called this righteous war. On the May day in 1940, when the Germans ripped open the French lines at Sedan, his long-growing anxiety became intolerable. Between waiting on customers or when he was preparing salads in the kitchen at the rear of the store, he switched on the radio and heard, with increasing dismay, the flood of reports which never seemed to contain any good news. The Belgians surrendered. The British retreated at Dunkirk, and in mid-June the Nazis, speeding toward Paris in their lorries, were passing large herds of conquered Frenchmen resting in the fields. Day after day, as the battle progressed, Morris sat on the edge of the cot in the kitchen, listening to the additions to his sorrow, nodding his head the way the Jews do in mourning then rousing himself to hope for the miracle that would save the French as it had saved the Jews in the wilderness. At three o'clock he shut off the radio, because Leonard came home from school about then. The boy, seeing the harmful effect of the war on his father's health, had begun to plead with him not to listen to so many news broadcasts, and Morris pacified him by pretending that he no longer thought of the war. Each afternoon, Leonard remained behind the counter while his father slept on the cot. From the dream-filled, raw sleep of these afternoons, the grocer managed to derive enough strength to endure the long day and his own bitter thoughts.